going into March, Madness time, and I said, hey, look, like, workouts are going to start in a month. I don't want to be sitting out. And I remember you saying, like, look, push it as hard as you can until you, until you literally can't anymore. I can't give you that back. The knee has to heal to get that back. Me and Dr. McKenna talk about it all the time is the mental hurdle, you mm -hmm. know, like, well, can I, I did this before, can I cut again, can I plan again like I used to? And There's all sorts of things you've done to take good care of your body. What, yeah. what motivates you to do that even after you're off the court? Other than make me walk without pain and get me back on the yeah. court. Yeah, other than get that, out of bed in the morning, it's yeah. not a big deal. Because other than that, it wasn't a big deal. I'm like, oh, man. That Welcome to the Zero Downside Podcast with Dr. Wade McKenna, sponsored by MoabTexas.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Zero Downside. I have Dr. McKenna with me and Mike Mitchell here today and another special guest. And I'm going to let them all introduce themselves, but we're going to have a great episode and I'm excited for you all to hear about it. Hannah, thank you for our introduction. Um, I'm Dr. Wade McKenna, the founder, I guess, of Moab, Texas. And we're here today with Elijah Elliott. Um, I guess you could say friend, family, and patient of Dr. McKenna. And, and like basketball player extraordinaire, ruler <laughs> of the basketball court at 24-hour fitness now, yeah. and sports agent extraordinaire. Yeah, the old man's wear designer, yeah. like, like entrepreneur. Like, what are we even going to put in your title? We're just going to put, we're not putting ex-athlete. Oh, we we're going to put like entrepreneur. Yeah, a little right? bit of like everything. Elijah Elliott, entrepreneur. That'll work, right? Mike. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Mike Mitchell, uh, business manager with Dr. Wade McKenna and uh, Zero Downside podcast member, I guess there you could go. call it. There you go. Yeah. But uh, honestly, Elijah, thank you so much for being on the show today. We're, we're excited. You know, pre-show, we were talking about you specifically mm -hmm. and just the history with the clinic, everything else, and yeah. then what you've got going on in your life right yeah. now. It's like, man, where do we start? Yeah. Know, how, how do we tackle all this stuff in one episode? Mm -hmm. So. But let's just start off and then I'll have Dr. McKenna kind of chat a little bit about the history with the clinic. Now, oh, first, sure. I need to start with Elijah because I know he won't throw a lot of light on himself because he's the most laid back. He has cooled down <laughs> to a level that I will never have, even at my age, because I tell people all the time, the only way to really be cool is you have to be casually disinterested, but still an active. <laughs> and that is a skill I will never have. And Elijah has the casual, disinterested look down and knowing everything that's going on around him better than anyone I've ever known. Um, so we saw Elijah first when we were at the clinic before, um, before Moab, before Cell Spa, before McKenna Orthopedics. Um, because of uh, I, my first introduction to your family was probably your mom. Yeah. But then I saw a couple of your friends yeah, you from Ball before yeah. I even, before you Worked heard yourself, right? Yeah, for sure. So I think we, I think Chad maybe went yeah. first. Yeah. And then um, Elijah, what he doesn't lead with is Elijah was on the, probably the most historic basketball floor, if, if you take out Gallagher, Iba. <laughs> uh, and only because that's the pine floor Hank Iba laid down in there. There you go. Every year. But other than Gallagher, Iba, I think it's certainly not, Gallagher, Iba is the most storied basketball facility in Big 12, mm. but the one you played at is. Yeah. Right? Fieldhouse. Where'd you play? Uh, University of Kansas. There you go. Yeah. The Allen historic Fieldhouse. Allen Fieldhouse. You know that you know that Allen was a DO. Mm -hmm. So it was named after a doctor. Yep. Um, which I, you know, the history of Allen Fieldhouse is like there's not a lot. I don't know if anyone else that's never been there. Mm-hmm. Tell just give me from the player's perspective, what's it like to be on that floor? It's different. Um, you know, like growing up and, you know, you have your schools you want to go to and you visit, you know, different places and stuff like that. But I feel like there's second to none. 
you know, when you go out, there's doesn't matter if you're playing a D3 school or you're playing Kentucky, it's 18,000 every game, you know. I'll, no tell everybody, I'll tell everybody it's it's different, like, when it's empty and then when you go in there and everybody's packed. Like, you go to bounce the ball, the ball doesn't bounce the same because the noise is so loud. And But it's definitely a special place for sure. Uh, I, I mean, as, as far as a basketball enthusiast, mm -hmm. right, and and – and I'm not a I'm not a big NBA fan. I follow mm -hmm. individual players, mm -hmm. um, but but man, college basketball is like a religion, especially in March for, sure. for everybody. Yeah, uh, I mean the whole country is involved in college basketball mm -hmm. in March. But really, for you, college bas basketball has been a, like a religion for you since you were a kid, yeah. right? One of yeah. my favorite stories uh -huh. is about your dad coaching a little league team. Oh, yeah. Right, it's like Bobby Knight in the Little League. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Elijah was trying to talk about how intense his dad is, and could, and he said literally, my dad busted clipboards when we were in like fifth grade. Like right? academy, couldn't keep them in stock because he would break them all the time. <laughs> That's hilarious. Seven years old. I love yeah. that. So tell us a story about what what happened with you when um, you're so you're playing at Kansas. Mm -hmm. And you, your first introduction to me, uh, outside of me taking care of friends and family, your first introduction to me was a patient was during the season, right? For sure. Um, I think it was around December, or January of my freshman year. Um, was in practice, and I just remember just planting on it, and something didn't feel right. Um, I went kind of went to the training staff and said, "Hey, look, like you know, at that point, I played basketball for you know 12, 13 years, worked out every day, so you know your body better than anybody." And um, when it happened, you know, I just knew something wasn't right. Um, so I ended up practicing the next day and um, kind of put a sleeve on it, taped it up just to see what it would feel like. And it wasn't going. Wasn't right. Yeah, it wasn't so, right. So I get the call from your dad. Uh -huh. um, what do we do? It's an MRI, mm -hmm. right? And had to lobby a little bit to get that done that mm -hmm. early because they're yeah. used to just, well, you, you, you work it out. Oh, yeah. And on MRI, mm -hmm. The tragic news for a during the season injury yeah. is a partial thinness tear ACL with a stretch injury mm -hmm. and a, and an unstable meniscal flap of the lateral meniscus, right? Yeah. So from, take me to start from the MRI, mm -hmm. what happens with, because we've already talked about the fact that most athletic programs are sponsored by Western Medicine, and no so they have a certain amount of options for you. Yeah. Um, your options in that situation, what do they tell you about like your return to play that year or what was going to happen? Uh, it really wasn't like a timetable, to be honest with you. It was more of a, hey, you're going to go here, you're going to do this. Um, and it's funny you said that because it's not just me, it's it's 99% of collegiate athletes, you know, and, it, and that's the sad part. Um, and not to knock anybody, but I think that having the resources and being blessed to be in the position I was to have people like you, it was, it was easy for me. Um, because typically you go, like you said, you go, they're backed by a bigger hospital or something like that. You go, you get, you know, your prototypical surgery and then, you know, 50%, 60% of the time you re-injured the same thing that you just had surgery oh, on. Yeah. I mean, the ACL stretch injury. So what's, and what's published on your injury mm. is that especially post growth plate closure and you're what, 19, 19. 20? So the, the ACL stretch injury that converts to a full thickness injury is nearly 100% at two years. Mm -hmm. And so his dad's like, do we just need to reconstruct his ACL? This is freshman year, you still come back, mm -hmm. it'll be a year out. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, right? Like the, let's get the MRI, let me examine him, see if he's got any laxity. And um, ACL stretch injury, unstable tear, 
if it was just been with been the ACL stretch injury, I probably just would have injected him. Mm -hmm. um, there's a great study published from you know a decade before that mm -hmm. um, that showed that if you inject ACL stretch injuries, 11 out of the 12 kids with ACL stretch actually heal mm -hmm. and heals fast. Actually, Elijah healed way too fast because I get a picture of him dunking a basketball <laughs> at like it's like 11 weeks, like 11 weeks out, right? Yeah. And 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 he's proud of it. But at the same time, we have these stories a lot where I'm just like, oh, like, you know, you yeah. just drop your phone. Um, he's like, feels great, have no instability, fully symptomatic. But before I let him do that, we did a repeat MRI. Mm. And after the ACL stretch injury, I did stick a scope in there because they had a little meniscal flap that was unstable. And what the way we describe a meniscal tear, if it's on, and a lot of meniscal tears are just fraying. You, you, yeah. It's going to heal on time, especially yeah. in someone with your metabolic health and uh -huh. wellness, your lean muscle mass volume is, is insane. Um, so for us, if there's an unstable tear though, I think I start to think of a, of a meniscus tear almost like having a zipper halfway down. Mm -hmm. Like it can only get undone. It's never going to zip itself up on, on, on its own. Mm -hmm. right? And so you basically have this meniscus tear that all you have to do is twist or turn wrong, hit the ground wrong, go to cut. And now that zipper unzips a little bit. Now you have less meniscus to work with. And at 19, you got a good 70 years left on that mm -hmm. knee. Yeah, I'm, I'm not focused, and, and, and rightly so, I'm not focused on one year. Mm. A lot of universities are focused on eligibility. Like you're not going to be eligible when you're 50, so who cares yeah. if you walk, right? Yeah. Um, so for us, he's got a, an unstable underneath surface tear lateral, stick a scope in, and to his credit, because he's lean and mean and healthy, all we had to do is with little radio frequency, kind of shrink down that little underneath surface tear, did meniscal preservation, kept all of his meniscus. Uh, I think we clipped a little bit of that edge off on the, on the unstable part, injected the ACL, used his marrow, which I told his dad, the only temptation when I draw your marrow was sticking some of it in me. Right? <laughs> like We say that anytime I take care of a young athlete, you're drawing their marrow and you're looking and you, you put it through the span and you look at the cell counts, you're just like, Damn, like, like it would, <laughs> it would, you would have to draw my entire blood volume to get the amount of cell that, that you have in a bone marrow draw. So you stick that in his knee. Literally, he was through the scope. Like, what was your recovery like? Um, it was funny. I was actually thinking about this on the way up here. Uh, you know, it was great because I remember calling you like, you know, of course you have like your your first two weeks, which are the tough. You try to get your VMO back and your leg and your quad back and all that. Try to keep some motion. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> You know, and, and Kansas did a good job of, you know, every morning making sure I was doing something. No, you guys have a great training program. Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing, and even though it's not OSU, mm -hmm. still Big 12, mm -hmm. right? Oh, and you do have one of my favorite people in the world because he played at Oklahoma State while I was there Yeah. Um, in Bill Self. Yeah. So, so I think Bill Self scholarship year coming in as an athlete was the same as mine. I think we were both in class of 81. Mm -hmm. And so, when, you know, I, I get to watch him play um as a pretty prolific uh, yeah. player on a really good team mm -hmm. while i was there and even though you know it's not that he had some giant career at the next level he bypassed all that he's mm -hmm. become one of the greatest coaches in history college yeah no question basketball, right yeah so the training program they get your quad back you get your range of motion yeah. back but everyone is still telling you yeah acl injury i remember like, i remember giving you a call and saying hey like you know i knew it was kind of like i didn't want to because, you know, season was, at this point, season was kind of going into March. Madness time. And I said, hey, look, like, workouts are going to start in a month. I don't want to be sitting out. 
And I remember you saying, like, look, push it as hard as you can until you, until you literally can't anymore. Yeah. And I was like, all right, look, game and, on. And, and <laughs> let's do the MRI. Yeah. Right? So we do a follow-up MRI at, like, eight weeks. Yeah. Um, ACL's healed. Like, complete homogeneity of his, of, of his native ACL, right? No graft. Complete homogeneity, which if the MRI is healed, mm. it doesn't get more healed, yeah. right? It's either yeah. not, yeah. right? So it, it could be healing, which is what I tell a lot of people. Look, you're not healed, you're healing. Mm -hmm. Elijah's graph is complete homogeneity of his graph at like eight weeks. Mm -hmm. so and the note. trainer's talking to me and going, hey, well, like he's only eight weeks, partial ACL tear and scope. I'm like, dude, he here's the MRI, mm -hmm. right? The meniscal tear is gone, mm -hmm. completely remodeling of the knee with the, with more cartilaginous volume eight weeks out than he had the the day before we did the scope. The ACL is complete homogeneity of the graph. He's like, hey, man, can I trust it? Do I do it? I say, hey, do you have range of motion? Mm -hmm. And you're getting your quad back. Yeah. He goes, I got 80% of this quad strength back already, and I haven't really been doing a lot. I go, man, like, go like regardless of what, <laughs> I, what the inside part of me says, like, you go. Yeah. Right? Well, I can only imagine the pressure being an athletic trainer under a Bill Self program, right? <laughs> like you, you can't mm -hmm. mess up a player, specifically mm -hmm. one that's got a key role like you did. Yeah. Um, with that, you know, Dr. McKenna, what's the expectation versus reality, right? So in the case of, of a standard athletic trainer looking at somebody with the same injury as you mm -hmm. had, what's the expectation for your average athletic trainer using what, what for return back to sport? Yeah. A year. A year. Right. And really, even and everyone knows, like, it's not the year you come back from an ACL. It's the year after the year you come oh, back from an ACL. Right. Because you have because of the fact, but think it, it's because of the amount of atrophy these kids go through before they're treated. They're mostly braced. They're protected range of motion. They're not doing everything. They're, they're slowly working on some range of motion. When I can get a guy like E prehabbed a little bit, because he starts out like mid-season shape, right? Cute tear. I, I, he didn't have any, a lot of atrophy going on at the, at the time we did it. Cause we did it pretty quick. So, but, but because we don't let him put him in a brace, put him on crutches, keep him non-weight bearing, not work on range of motion. And because the trainers were real good at being aggressive on, cause they wanted to see too, right? It's not like the trainers weren't mm -hmm. interested. Mm -hmm. Like he's got some trainers looking at him and going, Hey man, like, I, I love what you did. Like, this is kind of cool. Like, let, let's, let's, let's see how much we can get your quad back. Yeah. So when you avoid all that, it, getting over the surgery isn't just waiting for something to heal. It's getting over the surgery, right? Like, you got you to gotta get your quad back. You got to get your range of motion back. You got to get protective proprioceptive reflexes back. You can't be a cutting athlete. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not a cutting athlete and, out and, like, dribble around me while I stand there looking stupid because he doesn't know where his knee is in space. It's not a conscious thing for him. Yeah. Subconsciously, that little pullback, the cut, the moves he makes with the basketball in his hand, that's what made him special. I, I can't give you that back. The knee has to heal to get that back. And Cells got him to that point way faster. So he didn't go through a lot of post-op atrophy. He uh -huh. wasn't working in the weight room for a long time, get his strength back. He was back on a court with protective proprioceptive reflexes at like, you know, 11 weeks. Yeah. And so if you don't have a year of recovery, I haven't taken you out of your sport, getting you on an elliptical trainer, working in the water against resistance. Some physical therapist is kind of moving your knee around, afraid to hurt you. That's why people come back so fast yeah. if we do it with cells. It's because you're healed enough that your body's able to do what it wants to do better. I can get you mm -hmm. back more competitive faster. For right? sure. So you you really, like for, for that much of an injury, mm -hmm. uh, like it, it, it was like a hiccup kind of yeah. mid-season. 
And I think the nicest part was there was a guy named Tyrell Reed who actually played at Kansas that did my rehab. And so he kind of, coming from a player's perspective, definitely helped. Like, you know, hey, how does it feel today? I can really push it. Okay, let's push it past. And, you know, and that's and that always is nice. That's a know. learned thing, too, because a lot of, you know, we make the thing, we talk athlete all the time, talk yeah. about training all the time, talk about PT all the time. Mm -hmm. But most physical therapists don't want to hurt someone yeah. because they don't want to feel responsible. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid some orthopedic surgeons are going to throw stone and said, man, they would have done great had you not done this and that. A thousand percent. I flat out told you, like, they can't hurt you, <laughs> right? Like, you, you go, you get your quad back, you yeah. go. And your trainers were, were worked with you pretty well. For sure. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was really impressed by his rehab. That mainly because I can I can make your MRI look good. I, I can't make you be, a, be able to play basketball again. Yeah. Right? I'm just treating your knee. Yeah. And so. Elijah did all that. Like that's a credit to the athlete, not to the. It is. Surgeon. It takes a lot of work, man. And you were able to make it back in time for March Madness, for getting sure. training, getting ramped up. So, yeah. so talk to us about that. Yeah. So actually, actually, when I got hurt, I ended up redshirting and just hit my eligibility, and um, so that was, that, I mean, it was a blessing in disguise, you know, because I didn't waste any time or you know waste your eligibility, and then the following year I got to play again. And you're still practicing with the team every day. Practicing with the tribe. Yeah, I stayed active, and that was a good thing, you know. That I think. You know, I give a lot of credit to my coaches, though, in that sense, like, hey, you know, like, you're not doing this, but hey, stay involved, do this, you know. And we had a former player, like I said, Tyrell doing my rehab. So it wasn't just like, okay, we're going to bounce on this and throw the ball back to me and do that type of thing. It was like, okay, here's a ball, like, see if you can cut this way, see if you can plant this way. Like, so it was all basketball movement. So when I came back, it was like, you know, it was that mental hurdle was kind of jumped over already. And you didn't lose your timing, didn't have no. any chance. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing with athletes too. I think me and Dr. McKenna talk about it all the time is the mental hurdle, mm -hmm. you know, like, well, can I, I did this before, can I cut again? Can I plan again like I used to? And I think knowing that, you know, hey, I can't hurt it. I'm not gonna be able to tear this graph or do this again. Like that's the big, that's confidence the biggest thing is, Confidence is crucial, right? Yeah. And, and, and what a lot of just weekend warrior guys don't know is if, if if that's your money like you know my money I, my money makers in my my head right like so but your money maker your tool is your body for sure and so athletes are more in tune with every little inflamed area than anybody but all they need to know is am i hurting something or not if you can tell them if you can look them in the eye and say just ride this ride this mm -hmm. out right like it's going to go away we know it's not torn but what everyone really wants to know is, am I going to make something worse or do I need to set? And because we were able to manage uh, Elijah fairly aggressively with MRI and follow-up, we were able to kind of just say, look, I know you're having pain. I know this is hurt. I know your quadriceps inflamed, but you can go, yeah. right? And now I need to see it. I need to touch it. Yeah. I need to, need to move your knee around sometimes. Yeah. But there was a lot of, of, of hiccups during the, even the next couple of years because it's not like that was his only injury. Yeah. Uh, playing on the court. Yeah. And, and, and you've had some cells yeah. for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, but he's always done really, really well. And, and that's that. Uh, and again, I tell people all the time I can make the MRI look pretty. I can get the graph to heal better than it would on its own. Um, but really, to get your performance back is just how hard you get to work for sure right. yeah there, there's one thing i did notice when i first joined the clinic a couple mm -hmm. of years it's actually been two years now mm -hmm. this month mm -hmm. but I, I met you as a patient yeah. and the one thing that that struck me with you mm -hmm. in particular is it's not 
common for someone your age and mm -hmm. with your physicality mm -hmm. to start doing the things that you're doing at this stage in life, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're doing things to to provide longevity at a young age. Mm -hmm. So you're you've already got a head start. Yeah. You know, genetically you've got a head start. Yeah. But you're in there, you you take great care of your body. You've yeah. got IVs whenever you're feeling down. Yeah. You know, you've had cells, you've had therapy treatment, I think yeah. cold therapy. There's yeah. there's all sorts of things you've done to take good care of your body. What yeah. what motivates you to do that even after you're off the court? I think it just comes from, you know, coming from older friends of mine that have been in the league and done certain things like that. And also my mom, she's super into like holistic stuff and, you know, not your traditional way of doing something. And so I think that kind of translates in the, you know, how I've kind of taken this, um, you could say like athletic journey, maybe mm -hmm. like when it comes to taking care of yourself and, and really taking time for yourself, because at the end of the day, if, if, you know, you can make sure everybody else is well around you, but if you're not well, you can't, you know, impact other people so can you say that a little louder for this guy hey man I, hey look i i finally look it took 59 years yeah for me to decide i was worth and not worth treating just taking the time i can't i literally honestly you just kept thinking i'll get to it i think that's right. the biggest thing though just taking the time yeah yeah i mean I, I i'll get to it i'll get to it i'll get to it and like you know we're talking this hasn't been the greatest week for the mckenna household this is you know a couple years this is the week where mom passed this is the you know but when my kid turned 10 i turned 60 and you lose your mom yeah uh you look in the mirror the next day and think you know i'm not gonna get to it right yeah and so i had to start a little bit of focus but i have all the cool toys like mm -hmm. i can treat every guy yeah. that comes to me and they say what do i do i i got that yeah but it, when it came to taking the time because i'm not an athlete mm -hmm. right i'm not on the court i'm getting I, I get paid to to stand next to a table, examine people, and I'm and and hold a knife and make sure you do the right thing, right? Um, no big deal. When I'm in surgery, yeah. By the way, I think it's yeah. the coolest thing ever. Yeah. yeah well, way, yeah. Right? Well, changing like, somebody's life for the better is not a big yeah. deal. But. Okay, so that's what you said when you came up to me. Uh, we're at a random restaurant in, in Southgate. I'm not going to give the restaurant a shout out, but um, <laughs> but somewhere that's one of the only places you can still grab a bite to eat after 10 o'clock in Southlake yeah. where the streets roll up, yeah, right? No question. And they have really good steak bites. Mm -hmm. um, so so he he comes in with you know like everyone over seven foot tall. Like how tall are you? Six 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 five six five. Yeah. So he comes in and you got the six five guy with gym shorts and and kicks on. He's got a bunch of guys that are six five to seven foot, um, and they're sitting at a table. They're hard not to notice when they walk in a restaurant. My back's where they are. I'm, I'm with my girlfriend and one of her friends, and he comes walking up, grabs me, and hugs me from the back. And I look around. No, first he sent a drink over. Oh, yeah. So the waitress comes over. Cocktail and goes, over. These gentlemen would like to buy you a drink, and I'm like, <laughs> Oh Lord! Like I look around, I see him. And he comes walking over, and gives me a hug. And he looked at the people I was with and said, you know, I got to tell you that what you did, I said, dude, you don't have to do this. I appreciate how you're doing. We're, check we're checking up. And he said, man, you changed my life. So I just want to let you know. And he doesn't say it's me, right? Like getting a shout out to one of your family or your friends is about the coolest thing ever, mm -hmm. right? Because, because all the late nights and the giving up your thirties and all that stuff, like, it's great because I get the satisfaction. Like I never feel bad if I forget to take out the trash mm -hmm. or if my phone gets cut off because I forgot to pay. Like that <laughs> stuff happens all the time, yeah. right? My personal life is like taking a bunch of stuff, throwing it in the air and see where it lands. Yeah. But professionally, I'm on point that yeah. I spend 90% of all my time and effort making sure that not, nothing falls through the cracks that way. Yeah. And so when someone comes up and, and says something like that to family or friends, like I can't tell you how 
grateful I was for that kind of a comment and how humbling it is that I was even allowed to participate in your care, let alone you give me that kind of credit. So I genuinely appreciate that. No, no, yeah. no I mean, those are the kind of things that kind of make all the reading in the middle of the night, the insomnia, sure. the pain everywhere kind of worth yeah. it, right? Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about what you're doing now. Yeah. Because your life has not got less exciting. Like every yeah. time I talk to you, you're like, <laughs> like I talked to his dad and his dad's like, hey man, where, how's he doing? Where's he at? He goes, oh, he's in Miami or he was in Vegas for the G League stuff and he's in Miami mm -hmm. for the, he's with this guy and this guy. So what are you doing now? Um, doing a little bit of everything, um, but mostly I, I just uh, opened up my own sports management company. Nice. So um, kind of taking that field, you know, I've had a bunch of friends that, Obviously, I've played, I played, and it's kind of the same thing. You know, well, I look, I told you a long time thing. ago, the one thing that guys don't do well is be good with their money. And mm -hmm. with the situation you've grown up in mm -hmm. and the experience that you've already had from with your exposure to the financial world, yeah. the kids that you know mm -hmm. need you, right? Yeah. Like they need your help mm -hmm. because you're not going to just like you're not someone that you're not entourage you're not hanging out with them for a chat yeah like you can literally change their lives financially yeah. and i think that the fact that they got to see you make those kind of financial decisions really young in life mm -hmm. like you're probably more financially successful mm -hmm. before you even finish college than a lot of people are ever going to be with their investment strategies in their 40s and 50s mm -hmm. and so for you to be able to take that kind of financial structure and knowledge and your exposure to those situations and then be able to leverage that as an ex-athlete yeah. with all these kids that already know and trust yeah. you that's a huge it's a huge benefit for them yeah. right like you're you've got to feel good about just being able to help out all the guys that you watched yeah. struggle before right yeah and that's the reason why i got into it you know you see some of your friends struggling and you know they've worked their entire life you know, kind of like you, you worked your entire life to get to where you are now and they work and you have some guy that's just kind of preying on, on them getting there and them not knowing the same, you know, things that they quote unquote know, but at the end of the day, they don't really know either. That's why it never works. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. like, you know, right. some like guy that's blind, living blind, on his income is not who needs like, to be, yeah, not so, who needs to be making your financial decisions. Yeah. So for me, it was important that I kind of leverage the relationships I have and kind of combine the athletes with that and kind of spend, you know, the whole sports management, but also involve private equity and stuff like that for the athletes that-, that Yeah, that when, you, when you bring a guy in, you're, you, have, you have private equity opportunities for these kids mm -hmm. that set them up for the rest of their life. For sure. And, and not, a lot of, not a lot of agents, first of all, I think, I, I think it's like being a doctor, right? I think for the most part, a guy has a good heart, but it doesn't mean he has the resources, the wherewithal, or the, and I, I don't want to say he's lazy, but a lot of guys are just lazy, right? Yeah, they just don't yeah. take that extra step to do the right. Doing That's the right it. thing is harder. Yeah. It takes more effort. Sure. And everyone just takes the path of least resistance. Yeah. And so I think when you can kind of step up to the plate for a guy financially and, and make their future solid outside of the game. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, even some of these G League kids and some of these guys playing in Australia. Yeah. They're making bank, yeah. right? But when you bring them back in, it wasn't about how much they made on that contract. It's mm -hmm. about what you helped them turn that contract into. Yeah. Right. That's the part that's good yeah. for me. But, so as far as the agency goes, what, yeah. what sports are you covering? So right? just strictly basketball. Strictly basketball. But for me, uh, like I said, it was important to the financial piece. I think, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, generational wealth, but it's mostly wealth conservation and pre like prevention, like from going broke mm -hmm. and like actually wealth creation. You know, so I want to give, you know, them um, that opportunity to kind of kind of have that lane, you know, 
and you know guys love athletes love money he has access to private investment money and equity firms that no one can (laughs) buy into right like the partners that are setting me up in this and his partners in the sports agency as he steps out for his own agency um is these are private equity funds that generate generational wealth right like we talk about you know albert einstein they asked albert einstein Mm -hmm. one time which we were born on the same day um, not that, that, <laughs> means that anything. yeah not that it means anything but it is pi day right 314 so um so so you know i my background was physics and psychology because mm-hmm. i always laugh and people are like but you were pre-med i'm like no nah, i knew i was gonna go i wanted to go to med school mm-hmm. but the reason i got psychology and worked in physics and psychology was because i wanted to say just to be a smart aleck and say i knew how the world worked and why mm-hmm. right but albert einstein they asked him one time What's the most important mathematic equation you've ever seen? Mm-hmm. And he didn't talk about relativity, anything else. All his stuff. He said compound interest, mm-hmm. right? And so when you learn that, if you start right in your age group, twenty years from now you're a multimillionaire, and you didn't have to 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 scratch, and but you just had to get money in the right place at the right time, and then let it leverage itself over yeah. time. And that's what no one spends the time to learn in college, mm-hmm. and no one spends the time. Certainly, the the management situation doesn't set that up for a lot of people like you, sure. like you have access to, yeah. which I think 100%. is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Right. Well, I think there's a lot of professions that go through that. You know, professional yeah. athletes notoriously, you know, you're you're suddenly a, a millionaire overnight, mm-hmm. almost literally yeah, overnight. Literally. And I would actually say the same thing for a lot of physicians. Now that the amount of physicians making millions is way down <laughs> from what it used yeah. to be uh, since yeah. the businesses took over. Yeah. But it's the same thing, right? You're you're you get this wealth, which is generational, and then you squander it. Right. Well, and that's so what that's it is. I'll part. tell you what doctors and athletes have in common. You go from making nothing to making something. Yes. Right? Like you're not stepping it up. Like you didn't start waitering and then mm-hmm. become an assistant manager and then become a manager. You All go from being a student to getting a big check and you don't know what to do with it. It's just a check. It just yeah. changes your lifestyle some, but it doesn't change your debt structure. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change how you feel at night. It doesn't change your stress level except for make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. And when you can get a guy that can help someone structure that, which no one does it for doctors either. Right, like you need to be an agent for doctors. We need to get you. A, we need to set up a set up an agency where you take young physicians coming out with mm-hmm. those first checks. Because mm-hmm. you know we talk about being a millionaire coming out of the league. Yeah. There's way more guys that don't sign million dollar contracts. That's true, but you don't have to sign a million dollar contract yeah. to be wealthy later. For sure, you have to get some six figure income going and be able to defer it and be able to turn it into investment accounts that make money for generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And so the guys that aren't signing a $20 million deal because you don't make that kind of money in your rookie contract. It's no. your second deal, yeah, right? Second, second or third. Yeah. And really it's the, it's the deals that you get outside cheap. of, yeah. yeah, it's the deal you get outside of, yeah. uh, of the league's yeah. contract that makes guys. So the access that you have to the deals because you are an athlete, like yeah. I said, all the time, athletes want to hang around people with money and people with money want to hang around athletes. Like, yeah. That, that's yeah. what generates wealth, right? Yeah. Like my, I, I love the saying that, uh, and, and, and I hate, God, it's one of those things that's so cliche, but you know, the old saying was, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I firmly disagree with that. I think it is what you know, as long as you still know the right people. Yeah, <laughs> right? no, for sure. Because no, <laughs> no, no one's going to pay you to be smart. You have to figure out a way to pay yourself to be smart. But if you know people that help you and leverage the parts you're not good at, he, can be, he spent most of his life learning about basketball and money because of the situation and what he was able to watch growing up and the situations he found himself in. He's been in a room with generational wealth guys since he was in fifth grade yeah. right um some of us maybe weren't 
And so he always knew that that was going to be an important part of what he did. But, but if when you don't have to focus on it, when you just assume it's going to be there, it's kind of that law of attraction thing, right? Yeah. If you worry about it, it goes away. Yeah. If you manage it and just plan on it being there, then, then money's never the motivation for what you yeah. do, right? It's the making a difference. A and the money takes care of itself yeah. as long as you plan for it and don't, you know, waste it. For sure. Right? So as far as the athletes go, yeah. I mean, how, how does an athlete find an agent, right? I, I'm, the agency world, the sports agency world in particular fascinates me, but yeah. I, I know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. So from my perspective, I've always wanted to know, how does a student athlete find an agent like you? You know, how are they going to well, choose you know, who to find? Prototypical, it wasn't, you know, you flashback to when I was in college, it was landscape was completely different than it is now oh nil nil completely changed the game now you got you know guys driving lamborghinis and porsches and it's the same thing we just talked about like overnight now you have six figures and you're yeah. 17 and it's like whoa what's going on what do i do with that yeah. so so the financial aspect is just as important just as, as important person. yeah so i think you know to answer your question it's kind of like now it's no, it's the new normal you know all these kids have agents all these all these collegiate guys have agents and a lot of times they ride the same agent that they have in college all the way through the professional ranks and so you get to somebody you know like you have certain guys that when they get to a certain point financially they don't need an agent because they've learned kind of the ropes they've learned i tell all the all the parents and and kids i talk to like you don't technically need an agent an agent should provide a service that you need it shouldn't be like the agent you're the kid shouldn't work for the agent you know that it's a it's an elite service-based industry that the kid is allowed to have that you should take advantage of and a lot of these agents and agencies feel like they're doing the kid a service when really the kids doing them a service oh, for sure yeah like you don't keep people don't find me because they did great yeah people find me because they've had everything done and they're worse yeah, and so they're looking for any other answer that wasn't that mm -hmm. and and with e in the kid's life yeah. it, it was pretty easy for him to find yeah. it, it work his way into the clinic yeah. for sure yeah. and get taken care of mm -hmm. um but those are the nio money's changed everything that's, yeah it's ridiculous you know the most exciting part of everything though mm -hmm. is for me isn't even like the agency thing is cool because yeah. you, you're taking some of these young kids and just get, you're, you're gonna change your life forever mm -hmm. but what do you got coming up soon like i was kind of hoping you'd show up with your new logo on no just some, some clothing stuff i've been working on um yeah, some clothing stuff he's yeah. got his own athletic clothing line setting up. yeah coming out uh, and he has like the coolest logo ever <laughs> and your mom takes credit for that is that really yeah. true or is that like is it like a yeah, modification of what you've done like we gotta give shout tracy out a shout out right because yeah. uh because tracy yeah. tracy is um a huge proponent of of biologic medicine and thinking outside of western medicine's mm -hmm. paradigm of throwing a drug at everything mm -hmm. for sure um and your dad, I mean, your dad made fun of me forever. Your dad yeah. asked me one time, he puts his arm around me because his dad's been financially instrumental into, into helping me not still be, it's why I'm not a hospital employee still, right? Like I would have probably just given up like every guy my age and just go to work for a hospital system, take a big check and, and show up and just do what they tell you to do. Um, his dad made fun of me one day and said, so when you do a total knee, like, what's my care pay for that? And I, and I told him, and he's like, here's the, like, I wouldn't get out of bed for that. Uh, I go, well, I said, it's what I'm passionate about. He goes, yeah, but we need to make it where you can still be passionate about making grandma work, but you got to be able to pay some rent. And I was like, oh, well, I've never even had that thought. Like making grandma walk was enough for me, right? But not hey, a see my walk, right? You got to start, you got to start. And so he's like, hey, man, we got, like, you have the coolest toys. We need to be able to find a, a way to leverage that. And, and it took someone like that, even in my life, in my, in, and I think you remember, I mean, just when I was 50. Um, but so it's been a decade, but, 
but his mom like it's it goes back to your number right yeah so the jersey hanging behind mm -hmm. uh elijah is five mm -hmm. and you turned that into a pretty marketable logo yeah. outside of the five right yeah. like, it looks cool so like it's, gonna, it's gonna be called art of five but we're gonna call it like the number five ive and it's gonna be basically stand for your five essentials so like your hoodies your joggers your shorts t-shirts and caps I love it. I love a marketing. So when can we expect yeah. all this? Um, before Christmas for sure. Okay. Yeah. Just working on the design process right now. And so, you know, I tell, I tell people all the time, like <laughs> I'm never wearing, I, I'm so tired of wearing someone else's sports shirts <laughs> that, and we laugh all the time because pretty uh -huh. much I wear scrubs, scrubs and t-shirts. Um, and usually, usually the t-shirt is orange and black. <laughs> it usually has Uncle State on it. But <laughs> I told someone the other day, like, I'm not ever wearing a logo anywhere unless it's mine or someone's paying me to wear it, but I would wear a five. I appreciate that. All right. So we just, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, like, it, I could throw a little Moab on there for you. Too. Oh, dude. <laughs> Split the pocket. I like I'm it. cool with that. Like, I like I'm, it. I'm I like it. A little co-branding. Dude, I want to say thank you very much for, for showing up. I'm a big fan and Absolutely. not just of what you did on the court, but, and I've told you many times privately, I think that you have so much figured out at such a young age that one of the best and i and you know i have three beautiful daughters mm -hmm. don't don't have any 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 progeny that um uh share the same genetic configuration as the male side of the equation and unfortunately they're still xx and there's xy mm -hmm. i don't know about all the pronouns so i'm not good <laughs> at all that but I know that I don't have an XY in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so being able to kind of live vicariously watching, watching what you've done on the court and in life mm -hmm. is I'm, I'm insanely proud of you. I appreciate like, it. And I, and, and I know your parents are just elated because I get to talk to them. But mm -hmm. um, it, for me, being able to sit back and watch what you've become off the court mm -hmm. is just as exciting as watching you play. Well, I appreciate so. it. Thank you all for having me for sure. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Yeah, what you're doing is important. You know, just like you said, there was a trainer that was an athlete that, that guided you through an injury at yeah. a crucial time in your life. For you're sure. doing the same thing for these guys. So yeah. much to his point, you know, mm -hmm. uh, proud proud is definitely a term, but you're, sure. you're helping out and you're providing something that these guys need, not just in a physical aspect, but mm -hmm. you're helping them financially, mentally, and you're giving them that level of, of just kind of a backdrop right yeah. you're, you're helping protect these guys for sure so your work is definitely appreciated yeah i'm just got you know he came up to the table because i said dude i you know all i did is put stuff in the right place he goes other than make me walk without pain and get me back on the yeah. court yeah other than to get that, out of bed in the morning it's yeah not a big deal. Because other than that it wasn't a big deal i'm like oh man that but and i mean it when i tell people look and, and we'll end the show with this but i am incredibly humbled by the opportunity to take care of our patients and 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 it's always nice to me when you get to see someone not only overcome an injury and 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 outperform where they were and mm -hmm. grow in their sport but watching what they turn into as an adult has been incredibly gratifying so yeah. i appreciate that and i wow. hope you kind of keep us tagged in on kind of sure. what happens at this next for level sure. well, i appreciate y'all for sure for for everything you've done awesome. all right thank you very much